Hey y'all, my name is Delaney Peterson and I'm so excited that you're listening to Words Like Honey. This podcast is for high school and college girls. My prayer is that this will be an encouragement to you in your personal walk with Jesus. Hello everyone, thanks so much for tuning back into Words Like Honey. Today I have a very special guest on the podcast. This girl is a year older than me, she's just full of life, and we met through being in the same sorority here at TCU, but our friendship just really has blossomed since then. We started um, going to the same workout training facility together with the same awesome trainer who's also a friend of ours, and she's just been a huge encouragement to me this year with this podcast and just really lifting me up and really joining me in prayer alongside of it. And I've just been so inspired by her and just her openness and vulnerability. And she actually has written her own book about her own walk with God and struggles with mental health. So here is Victoria Becker. She's the author of Away in the Wilderness. Victoria, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Delaney, I am just honored to be here, and thank you so much for that really sweet introduction. You have been a great encouragement to me this year as well. It was so fun to kind of talk about our projects. You would tell me about the podcast, and I would tell you about book publishing. Um, Really great conversations when we were working out together this year. Yeah, it's just been such a sweet friendship, honestly, that God just kind of landed, you know, in a time where I think we both needed some encouragement, and it's just cool to find friends who like we can chase after our dreams together or chase after passions that God's placed on our heart without feeling like competitive or any riffing or anything like that. It's been so sweet. So Victoria, tell me a little bit about or tell our listeners, I've already read this book and it's amazing, but tell our listeners a little bit about Away in the Wilderness. Full title of my book is Away in the Wilderness, A Journey from Depression and Isolation to Progress and Peace. And the book tells the story of my sophomore year of college, where I really struggled with my mental health, but I ultimately found healing and freedom through being vulnerable and leaning on my faith. And the goal for the book is really to just encourage others to share their story and to remind people that they are never alone, especially because we have the constant friendship and companionship of Jesus. So I wrote this book over the summer, actually, because I was supposed to be in Spain studying abroad, but that experience got canceled due to the pandemic. So I really just, you know, with an empty summer ahead of me, started praying about what to do, and God would just not stop prompting me to write this book. So I really did a lot of research, and it was kind of a scrappy process, um, just very self-made, taking it one thing at a time, um, but I was able to self-publish the book this past November, and since then, I've just been really enjoying how, hearing how it has impacted people's lives. So, Victoria, I know that your book follows your mental health journey and what that looks like for you throughout college, so I would love if you could just share with us a little bit about what that's looked like for you. Yeah, so growing up, actually, I struggled with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and anxiety. And I went to counseling when I was young, um, which was great. I learned good techniques to manage my thought life. Um, But I always felt really, really shameful about this part of my life, so much so that I honestly kind of forgot about it. And so when I came to college, I didn't expect my mental health to be a struggle at all. But 
as we know, coming to college is a huge, huge transition. Everything that we know is now different, and that can really cause a lot of people to struggle with their mental health. And so my freshman year, I had a really great time at TCU, but I was becoming increasingly anxious, especially about things like grades and friends. But um, I gave myself a lot of grace freshman year because I had heard from other people that, you know, freshman year is a big transition. It's supposed to be difficult. And so I was able to kind of manage my mental health that way. But I was putting all of my hope in sophomore year because I just assumed, you know, I'd have it figured out by then. So then when sophomore year came around, and this is what my book is about, I had just these impossibly high expectations that could never be met. And so I was just incredibly disappointed, and that led to a really deep depression. That was kind of my sophomore slump, um, where I just was very discontent with my life and because it wasn't meeting those perfect standards that I had imagined for myself and I'd seen on social media, I felt worthless and I felt like everything was my fault and I'd made a lot of mistakes. And so I got to a really low place where I was just exhausted. I was withdrawing from my relationships. And meanwhile, I was putting so much pressure on myself to continue to look like I was having this perfect college experience to kind of prove myself. Um, prove that I was happy, that I was capable, that I was strong, but internally I was just not motivated to, you know, ask for help, to lean into the resources around me, and so it left me really, really isolated, and eventually I got to a breaking point, and that was when I had to open up to people around me, and I pursued counseling, and I started to find my footing again after that, but even now as a senior, mental health is still a struggle for me. I have not gotten as low as I was sophomore year. And I think a big part of that is um, just learning to trust God with all of my situations to really open up my hands to him and believe that he has good things ahead for me. But that doesn't mean that I don't have some days where I'm especially anxious or stressed or I'm feeling really sad or lonely. And so it's kind of a daily battle um, just to remember that God is good and he will take care of me, but I found a more stable place here senior year with my mental health. Gosh, thanks for sharing that and being so open about that. I think that's super real and super relatable for more people than you or I even know. I really like what you said about how although you're in so much of a better place now, which is so wonderful, praise God for that. I'm so happy for you, but like it's it is a daily struggle as a christian like this life is not easy and especially when you're balancing mental health and just all these expectations um that may or may not be placed on you might be you placing them on yourself but it is that daily act of surrendering to god and recognizing that on our own like we just we're not enough on our own like we need him we need his strength daily and i totally get that and i think it's important to like normalize that yeah some days are good and some days are really hard and that's okay what matters is that at the end of the day like we turn back to god we turn back to our source and that sounds just like what you're doing and you're striving to do and that's just so wonderful and encouraging to hear yeah well thank you i think that's a great point and something that i want to talk about more now as you know i've opened up about a really really low season of my life where every single day for a few months felt like just so overwhelming and impossible to see the light but you know now I don't want to put on the illusion that 
okay, just because I could talk about it, just because I went to counseling, I'm all better. I mean, I think mental health is, you know, a daily pursuit. And I think it's worthwhile to figure out, you know, what is it that keeps your mental health in a positive space and then making sure you incorporate those things into your daily routine, whether that be, you know, getting outside or connecting with a friend or reading a book, kind of finding those things that make you feel calm and grounded and capable and then making sure you pursue those. You know, there's a quote that I really like that says, not everyone has mental illness, but everyone has mental health. Mm. And so even if you haven't gotten to a place where you felt so low and alone and overwhelmed, um, like I did my sophomore year, even if you ever have never had to seek professional help, you still have a mind um, and a soul that needs to be cared for. And so I would just encourage you, don't discount yourself from these kind of conversations about mental health. If you have never got to a low, 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 low place, like everybody has mental health that they need to fight to preserve. That's so good and so true. I think, again, there's just, I mean, there's so many stigmas surrounding mental health, but think that idea like, oh, I'm not sick enough. I'm not low enough. Like I'm not at, I'm not like unable to get out of bed for weeks at a time. So I don't need to see a counselor. Like I don't need to talk to anybody about it. Other people have it worse even, or I have no reason to be feeling like this. Like I can just push it aside, but that's so not true. And I think again, just what you're sharing is so important. And I just want to encourage everybody listening just to hear what Victoria is saying, to hear, you know, that daily act of surrendering and turning to God, like that is something that all of us will, you know, we have to do daily throughout the rest of our life, no matter what our circumstances look like. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, there have been times in my life where really hard things have been going on, but I've been able to feel joy and that is because of the Lord. But there are also times where, you know, it looked like I had a lot going for me and I did. And, you know, from the outside, things looked fine, but inside I was really struggling. And so I would just encourage you to, you know, look out for your friends, especially if it seems like they have it all together, because, you know, our mental health and our happiness is not entirely dependent on our circumstance and our joy that comes from the Lord. That's not dependent on circumstance at all. I mean, he provides just a peace and a contentment that surpasses everything else in the world. Absolutely, right? Like he's that one constant that we always have. He's that one person who's always there for us, always he's always cares. Like just genuinely like hears our cries and cares about them. Psalm 145 talks about that and it's just beautiful. Like God comes to us. He loves us. He provides for us and all we have to do is look to him in that and yeah, and that just makes me think of, you know, First Peter 5, 7, which says, cast your anxieties on the Lord because he cares for you. Like, oh, yes, he good verse. Can handle the weight. Yeah, he can handle the weight of your anxieties, your fears, your insecurities, because he cares about you. At no point is he going to turn his back and say, oh, no, you've, you've reached your limit on how much you can talk to me or how much you can worry or complain or wonder. Like, he cares about us so much that he's willing to listen um, and just, you know, take all of our hard stuff so that we don't have to bear the burden alone. Absolutely. Yeah. He does. He's not asking us to carry these things. He's not asking you to carry what you're carrying right now. He's like, my child, like, look at me. I, my hands are so open. Like my yoke is easy. Take that. Like I'll take yours, which is just so wonderful. We are so blessed to know a father like that. 
Yeah, well, I love that you bring up that point about the stigma surrounding mental health, especially in the church, because that's something I really struggled with um, when I came to college and really took my faith into my own hands and decided that I really wanted to pursue the Lord. Um, I feel like I thought that was going to lead to an easy life, and I knew that Jesus was the answer to all of my problems, but I didn't expect to have any problems um, that he would really need to solve. And so my mental health in college um, was really difficult because, you know, I had just fully understood, you know, who God is and what he does. And I felt like I shouldn't have any problems because I knew this great news, but still I was very anxious and depressed um, and I didn't tell anyone about it. And Away in the Wilderness is really my story of, keeping all of that inside and then transitioning to having to talk to um, my family and my friends and ultimately a counselor about my situation and how that brought so much freedom. Like you said, I think there definitely are stigmas surrounding mental health. Um, and just because we know Jesus and we know what he's done for us, we know that he's good, doesn't mean that we're going to always have perfect, easy emotions. And so in that case, I think it's totally okay to seek outside help. Yeah, gosh, I love that. And I think it's so hard to want to admit that, like, we're not perfect. I don't know. I feel like you're kind of a perfectionist like me (laughs) and just, like, wanting to, like, seem like we have it all together. I think especially in college, it's like you're, you know, we're at this amazing school. We're in this great sorority. We have all these extracurriculars and we just kind of look like we have it all together, but actually there can be a lot of pressures. Did you feel any of that like in college that may have contributed to mental health? Oh, 1 million percent, Delaney. You are so right. I mean, TCU is an amazing school. I have amazing friends. I was involved in some really great extracurriculars. And so from the outside, it looks like I've had it all together, but internally I was really struggling. And so I think that social media doesn't make the problem any easier. No. Yeah, we look at our friends and their posts on social media, and we only see a teeny tiny portion of their lives, and we can assume that that is everything, when really it's just the highlight reel. It's just the best moment. So when I came to college, I really was um, just comparing myself to other people on social media, um, and I think that definitely contributed to my mental health. College is also just such a different environment than high school. Um, I think you spend a lot of time alone, which is a unique dynamic. Um, In high school, most of us, we weren't alone too much, or if we were, it was in a really safe and comfortable environment with our family. Um, But on the flip side, in college, you have all this freedom and autonomy, and you have to make your own decisions and decide how you spend your time. And in that, I think people can end up getting pretty lonely. Um, So there's comparison in college, there's loneliness, And then like we really set some high expectations for ourselves, especially um, when you get to go to a school that you love a lot. I know that I put a lot of pressure on what my experience was going to be like. Um, I heard a lot about, you know, getting into the school, you know, all of high school was about having the resume and the application to get to where I wanted to get. But then once I got there, I didn't really receive a lot of help or insight as far as how to make the most of my college experience. But I feel like in college, the support systems that I'd leaned on in high school were just kind of gone, and I was left to figure out things for myself while trying to keep up this perfect image, and that just got exhausting. 
I totally feel that. I think it's so interesting that you brought up like being alone and that being kind of a struggle. My freshman year, um, one of my roommate actually moved out. Um, it was there was just some weird tension there, and I might have talked a bit about it before, but it was hard. I was, you know, so far away from home and all these new changes and yeah, just like it felt like it was me like alone with like all of these pressures like weighing on me. I think that was something that I hadn't expected at all. Um, so I totally get that. And then yeah, gosh, just it being exhausting, like trying to put up this like perfect image. I think, you know, obviously we're not made to be perfect. It's like totally an unrealistic standard, but we just so often chase after that as hard as we can anyway. And again, I think, yeah, like social media, looking at other girls like in my sorority, other girls in my dorm and thinking they have all the friends. They have plans every night looking at Snapchat and seeing, okay, this girl's at a mixer and I didn't even know that that was happening tonight and I was totally just not included at all. I had no idea. I was like, guys don't care about me. How did, how did or did, didn't that idea of friendships or relationships or like being invited or plans, um, how was that for you during this tough season? Yeah, well, I think to go back to freshman year, um, college friendships can be hard because you don't know. I mean, I came to school not knowing anyone. And then within a couple of weeks, you're supposed to have these friends that you do everything together and you feel super loved and included and known by them when really it's only been a couple of weeks. And I think college is cool because you can get really close to people really fast. But there's a difference between being close in the sense of, going places together, going to parties, you know, those kind of surface level level relationships um, and really deep relationships where you feel safe to express when something is hard for you. Mm. Um, And so I think freshman year, I didn't have those people who I could say, hey, I'm really homesick. Hey, I'm really lonely. Hey, I'm having this really bad FOMO. And I think that was what kind of pushed me to Um, continue to isolate myself because I thought that I had to look perfect and if I didn't look perfect I didn't want to be around people and that was a pattern that began my freshman year something I really continued my sophomore year even as I started developing deeper friendships I always kept this part of myself hidden I never wanted to tell someone if I had a bad day or was upset by something or was hurt I just wanted to um, be joyful and encouraging and I didn't want to add any problems to anyone else's life, but ultimately that left me really, really alone. And so when I started being vulnerable, that's when things really started Mm. to take a change in a positive direction um, for me and my mental health. And that's why I I push vulnerability so much is, you know, nine times out of 10, when you talk to someone, they're going to say, oh yeah, I felt that too. Or I know someone who Mm. felt that, or I haven't felt that, but can I listen and learn more about it? Like people are not going to push you away. Um, The right people aren't going to push you away at least. But I think for me, I was so afraid of seeming weak or seeming needy that I stayed silent for way too long. And that actually hindered my friendships rather than helping them. Gosh, that's just so real. Thank you for sharing all of that. I know that's hard, but that's what being vulnerable is, right? But gosh, I just think too, like, if I had spoken up sooner, like my freshman year and I went through like similar struggles, just how much deeper my friendships would have been. You're so right. 
I love what you said about the right people like won't turn away. And you know, it's one thing to to have friends who you go out with on the weekends or people you share classes with, but those true friendships, those people who are there to support you, like they're going to welcome that and you're not a bur- you're never a burden to the people that you love and who love you and again, that's just like such a misconception in like the Christian community and just something that I think needs to be talked about more just all these like mental health struggles or feeling alone or whatnot you know we look like we look in the bible we look at jesus's example he felt all of the things that we felt you know when he's in the garden like praying before he's about to be betrayed and taken away like he felt that anxiety like he felt like that pain he felt that stress you know it's saying he cried tears of blood which i've never (laughs) done that but i relate to that and i know he does too and when we can recognize that, you know, we may feel alone, like there are people who understand and above all, like our Lord understands, like he's been there and he loves us. So kind of, you know, connecting back to God ultimately, how did turning to him help or what did that look like for you in that season? Yeah, so I think um, you're so right that friends can empathize with us, but it is ultimately Jesus who knows us the best and who has felt exactly what we're feeling. And I found such peace in that when I was really struggling with my mental health, both freshman year and then especially sophomore year, as I continued to put on this perfect front and act like I had it all together and isolate from my friends more and more, I was able to lean into Jesus because I knew that he would not judge me and he never does. Um, He, you know, would welcome me with open arms and just take care of me in the ways that I couldn't take care of myself at that time. Um, So I definitely, you know, just tried to be honest with God. And I believe that, you know, in the prayer and just talking to him and telling my heart, we just really um, grew this closeness that I was eventually able to, you know, shine and articulate to other people. But it all started with um, coming to him and being honest before I was trying to pour out to anyone else. It's such a good reminder that it can be hard to approach God. Like he seems kind of like big or like we have to clean ourselves up before we get to him. But that's so not the case. Like he comes and meets us where we are. Like he describes himself as our healer, as our shelter, as our comforter. Um, And that's just the sweetest thing ever I know in Second Corinthians it talks a lot about that in one verse that I think I might have mentioned on the pod before but it's like his power is made perfect in our weakness and it's when we go to him at our weakest that he's able to work the most and it's so clear to me Victoria that God has just been working in you and working through you and I know I've been encouraged so much by your vulnerability and so many other girls in our sorority and around campus. And this has just been beautiful and away in the wilderness being able to see that. So kind of looking at that verse for away in the wilderness that Isaiah 43, 19, what does that, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So to touch on something you said, um, I think that intimacy and that time spent understanding that God loves us and knows us and wants to meet us right where we're at um, is so powerful. But also, I believe that he's always working behind the scenes. And, you know, during my sophomore year struggle with my mental health, um, 
yes, I leaned into him a lot in the quiet and in the stillness and in time with just him. But I also saw him open some really unexpected doors, guiding me to people, leading me to Bible verses, ultimately um, getting me to an amazing Christian counselor here in Fort Worth. Um, And he just really was always making a way for me. And so I love this verse, Isaiah 43, 19, because it speaks to this idea that God is always moving, even in really unlikely places. When we look around and we see a really confusing wilderness or an empty desert, he sees an opportunity for his power and he's going to do something incredible. Brought me some of my best friends and it was only out of really deep pain and hardship that we were able to bond and now we can celebrate and enjoy each other. And I also think I just learned more about who God says I am and became to came to believe that more um, because I went through this hard time. And so away in the wilderness to me just means that God is always doing something behind the scenes. Nothing is ever wasted. There's always a purpose. Even when we look around and we don't see how anything good could possibly happen, he always has a better plan. I just love that. Hindsight's always twenty twenty is such a common phrase, but I think especially with God in those hard moments, like you said, it's hard to see a way out. It's hard to see that path that God's building before you and those people that he's going to introduce like we can't see that but when we know God and we know that he is good we can trust and we can hope in who he is and who he says he is and cling on to those truths cling on to the fact that he is working that nothing's wasted just like you said when thinking about away in the wilderness your book what does that mean to you like what is what is that like like having a book written about this crazy hard time in your life that you're just taking that step and sharing it with the world what does that mean to you yeah well i mean if you told me when i was a sophomore that i was going to write a book about the things i was struggling with and about the mental health um just kind of crisis I had, I would not have believed you because at that time being vulnerable was so difficult to me. I couldn't even tell my best friends that I was really hurting. And so to me, the ability that I've had to write a book about something that I was so ashamed of for so long is honestly a testament to God's power and just um, a reminder to myself that my worth comes from who he says he, who he says I am and not um, me looking perfect or like I have it all together. So honestly, I mean, it's it's been a really surprising and um, really humbling experience to tell my story, but it's all because of God. And ultimately, I hope that this book points people to God. Yes, I talk a lot about myself and things that I went through and things that I learned, but I hope it's clear that ultimately none of this would be possible without God's hand um, guiding me through it all. And writing really was an act to be obedient to him when I told, when I heard him tell me to be vulnerable and just to glorify him with my story. You're like, I'm doing this, but it's not about me, right? Like, it's about God. Like, it's about him working in my life. You know, you didn't get yourself out of that dark place. Like, we can't save ourselves. And that's why we need a savior. That's why we need God. And that's why just, you know, getting to see his work in your life, like so tangibly is just so inspiring. And it just makes me want to step out and be more vulnerable too, like on this podcast, but also in conversations with friends, just again, something that you've said, just 
earlier about telling, you know, you felt like you couldn't even tell like your best, closest friends. But as we mentioned earlier, like in speaking up and doing that, we help each other and we can help each other point back to God. And now that you've been in that low place, you can say when your friends are struggling, you can say, hey, like I get that. That's so hard. But you know who our God is, like meditate on that, hold on to that. And I think that's so cool. And your book just let me reassure you that your book definitely points to God and his glory and his power, which has just been so wonderfully just revealed in your life and will continue to be revealed. And that's just so, so cool. Thank you, Delaney. Oh my gosh, of course. What have you found to be helpful? Kind of more specifically, I love giving listeners like tangible things that they can do, you know, saying look to God is so great and that's so true, but how can we live that out? Like what have you done or what have you found that has helped you with this journey and helped push you closer to God? Yeah, so something I'm really passionate about is this idea that mental health is made of a multitude of components. I think sometimes doctors will say, oh, it's just a chemical thing in your brain. And sometimes people in the church will say, oh, it's just a spiritual thing. You need to depend on the Lord. And there can be situations that can affect our mental health. But I think that to say that mental health is a matter of just one of these things is way too simple. And so I think it's all about finding the combination of tools that works for you and everyone's experience is different. I am not a trained mental health professional. And so take my advice. This is what's worked for me, Um, but it could work for you in different quantities or different combinations. The first thing that was so important to my healing was having community, having people that I could tell everything to people that could hold me accountable and people that I knew were praying for me. Mm. You know, there were so many moments um, just of darkness, of stress, in the middle of an anxiety attack that I had two or three really close people that I could text and I could say, hey, this is what's on my mind right now. I don't really want to talk about it, but can you just pray for me? Or I would have days where I felt really, really sad and tired and I couldn't get out of bed, and I'd have a friend who... I could call and say, hey, can we go do something? Because otherwise, I don't think I'm going to get out of bed today. So having those people that you know will accept you no matter what. And even if you just have one of those people, that is a huge blessing. And ultimately, God is with you in all of that and accepts you in all of that. But I think he gives us these people as gifts um, and to show us more of him. And so community is just the first thing. So, so helpful. I just want to jump in and touch on that too. Like, invalid like community is biblical right like like you said like god gives us each other like a church is not a place it's a group of people it's a group of believers like we're called to carry each other's mats and to step into that james five sixteen says like the prayers of powerful the prayers of other people are powerful like they heal they move and so when we confess these dark places like which we're called to do and we confess how we're feeling and maybe lies that we're believing or just you know, maybe it's harder to get to God one day. Like taking that to community is something that God calls us to do. And I think you're so right. Like those people like helping pray for you and point you back to God can be just hugely impactful. The second thing that was so helpful for me was biblically based counseling. And I have friends who are believers who have done biblical counseling. I have friends 
who are believers who have not done biblical counseling, I think counseling is important and there are lots of different kinds, lots of different um, methodologies that work for different people. But for me, I worked with a biblical counselor and that was really helpful because it helped me to identify some of the root causes of my anxiety and depression. But it also, she showed me how Jesus is the answer to that and where in the Bible I can see these truths that God is fighting for me and God loves me and God did not forget about me and God has good plans for me. Um, and I love that my counselor would also pray with me. That was, that was really, really helpful. So like I said, if you're going to do biblical counseling or not, I think both options are valuable, but it can be kind of overwhelming to find a counselor. And so if that's something that you're interested in, I would say just start with researching, start with figuring out what your non-negotiables are. So I knew for me, I wanted a woman and I wanted her to be a believer, but I also have friends who have gone to men for counseling. And like I said, people who don't share the same faith beliefs or don't talk about um, the Bible in counseling. So I found out, you know, what I wanted. And then I started Googling, looking for counselors who fit this description and started emailing them, just kind of explaining, here's what I'm struggling with, here's what I want. And I'd ask to set up a phone call, I'd call them for 30 minutes, and then I had, I think, like three people kind of at the end of this process. And I went ahead and I sat down and I prayed about it and I ended up picking one. Um, but also in the back of my mind, I knew, you know, if that counselor didn't feel like a good fit, I could go to number two. And, you know, I could also go to number three. Counseling is hard to build that relationship because it's so deep. Um, and it can feel really overwhelming to get that deep with someone that you don't know. So I just want to encourage you, if you're looking for a counselor, one, it is difficult um, to find a counselor. Like the process is just kind of hard with the nature of what it is, having to really open yourself up to a new experience. Um, but I believe that there is a counselor out there for you who can help you. And I also believe that if you invite God into that process um, through prayer and just listening to his voice, he will guide you to the right person for you. Yeah, I love that. I I see a biblically-based counselor too, also a woman, and she's just been, I mean, so huge. Just to have another person who's kind of outside of, like, your direct social circle who can speak in, like, super, like, super objectively has been just hugely helpful. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's so nice to have a safe space, a person that does not know any of the people or situations I'm talking about, but will just listen objectively, like you said. And then another thing that really helped me in my sophomore year struggle with anxiety and depression was medication. And this, I feel like, could be talked about for hours and hours. It's a, it's a tricky topic, um, but ultimately, I just want to make the point that if you are in a place with your mental health where you need medication that does not make you lesser or mm -hmm. incompetent or incapable, um, that does not change, you know, the way that Jesus loves you. It simply alters the chemicals of your brain so that you can get to a place where you can better access Jesus and the help that he's given you. Um, I mean, the way I see it, medicine is not a replacement for counseling or going to Jesus or going to community but it helps me be in a more stable place so that I can access those gifts um, with just a, a clearer head and a more open heart. 
Yeah, I just think that's so important and so needed. And I'm very thankful that you touched on that. I think it's just not talked about enough. And it is so normal. I think that that is just super, super true. Like that's something that, of course, is not a replacement, just like he said, but that helps you get to those things. And like, I just think that that's just awesome. Thank you. you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just want to point out again, like, I think mental health is a mix of genetics and situations and chemicals and trauma and spiritual stuff and social stuff. And so it's it's a big, um, I guess, problem to attack. But I do believe that healing is available to all of us, first and foremost, through Jesus um, and, you know, through the gifts that we receive every day um, as we kind of press into what he has for us on this earth and also believe in um, a better future that is coming. That's so, so good. Well, Victoria, I just want to say thank you so much for your vulnerability today, for just opening up about your struggle and just giving us that reminder that we're not alone, that it's okay to struggle and it's so important to speak out. Jesus welcomes all of that. He's with you. He never leaves your side, even if you're going through a really hard season. So just so appreciate your honesty and your personal experiences and speaking of your book why don't you tell us a bit about how we can order how we can connect with you because you guys this is my recommendation for the week away in the wilderness by victoria becker so tell us a little bit about how we can do that yes so if you search away in the wilderness by victoria becker on amazon you can get free shipping with amazon prime the book is also available on barnesandnoble.com and you can find uh, the links to buy the book and also links to my blog and everything else that I'm up to on my writing Instagram, which is at words.vlb. Great. And you guys, I will have those linked for you in the description of this podcast. And I'll also share that on this podcast Instagram at words like honey podcast. Go check out Victoria's social media handles. She just shares such encouraging things. I talk about all the time on here how I think it's important to follow accounts that lift you up, that social media is not evil in of itself, that it, there can be really good things on there. And Victoria's account is a great way to connect with community, to see truth throughout your day that she shares. And I just know that if you order this book, you're going to get to walk alongside her. You'll get to not feel so alone in your struggles and it'll just be such an encouragement to push you closer to Jesus. So Victoria, thank you for being on here today. I know that our my listeners are going to be so excited and just so eager to follow you. Aw, thank you, Delaney. And thank you for all of the really meaningful work you're doing with your podcast. I am so grateful for the opportunity to be on it and I know God is going to do good things in the future with it. You're the sweetest. Okay, guys, that's it from Victoria and I today. I hope you have such a great rest of your day and rest of your week. As always, feel free to follow me on this podcast Instagram at Words Like Honey Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also check out Victoria's stuff. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.